Welcome to Things You Missed in Sunday School, where we talk about the lesser known, obscure, but interesting stories from the Bible and church history. My name is Spencer. My name is Ron. Yeah. We have, got it. (laughs) We have compiled an exhaustive list of people, places, things, ideas, and events that we're going to go through one by one through the course of this series. From the list, it is entry number 16. It is entitled, Muddy Eyes. Muddy Eyes. That's good. I like that. That'd be a great song, wouldn't it? Muddy Eyes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't we know. should write that. That's all I got. That's we a, should it's write a good that. tune. Yeah. Um, Ron. Yeah. What is the muddiest you've ever been? Oh, man. There's so many. I'd probably say uh, the muddiest I've ever been. There, there are two. Uh, all right, it's probably a tie. Can I can I mention two? Sure, I'll probably edit, the first one. I'll edit one out if it's bad. okay. Okay, all right. Probably the first one was uh, I remember as a teenager playing in a softball tournament right okay. after it had just been downpour. We probably should have never been playing, but I was diving all over the outfield trying to catch balls and gotcha. sliding in the infield in the mud, and it was just it was awful. And then the second one was uh, I remember a fresh as a freshman in high school, uh, we were on a choir trip to okay. New Orleans and Biloxi Beach and all down in that area. And we got in this huge mud fight in the Gulf of Mexico. Like we in were the ocean? We, we, in the ocean. We were picking up. It was kind of muddy, gotcha. sandy. Uh, Interesting. Yeah. And and it was awful. That'd be very muddy. It was awful fun, but it was sure. awful. Uh, the muddiest I think I've ever been was I was a junior-ish in high school and my sister and I used to just go on drives because that's what you did because that was fun, I guess. Yeah. And uh, it was just late one weekday night and we were just driving uh, through the country and she pointed out a house that she thought somebody lived in and while she was taking her eyes off the road pointing towards this house, again, middle of the night or at least it's dark, and she points at this house, takes her eyes off the road and runs off the road. We, oh my. we go into the cornfield. That wasn't a cornfield. It, there was nothing there. It was just a mud field. <laughs> and she gets stuck. And so we get out and we were nearby a house that we knew some people lived in that we knew from school. We called them. They came to help us. But long story short, I get behind the car to do the pushing and just the classic. I'm right behind the wheel. You know, we push. She hits the gas. The wheel spins. And I just get absolutely caked in mud. I mean, such. I mean, it was so thick. And to top it all off, finally get the car out of the mud. And all we, you know, we thank the guys. They all leave. And my sister and I get in the car to leave. And she actually asked me to sit in the back seat because I was so muddy. (laughs) (laughs) I was so uh, very muddy and very frustrated. Well, I bring all that up, Ron, because it's what's called an icebreaker. I yeah, broke the ice because what we're good. talking about today is about mud, right? Yes, classic. That's good. It is very, good very smooth. All right. Uh, the story that we're reading today is from John chapter nine. This is from John chapter nine, verses one through seven. Okay, I'm yeah. just going to read it to you, and then we'll talk about it. As he went along, that's Jesus. As Jesus went along, he saw a blind man from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Verse 3, neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. As long as it is day, we must do the work of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can do work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Having said this, he spit on the ground, made some mud with the saliva, and put it on the man's eyes. Yeah. Go, he said, wash in the pool of Siloam. Close enough. Sure. This word means sent. Uh, so the man went and washed and came home 
scene. Uh, reason why this story is even on the list, because remember, this the list is all about the, the lesser known or the mm -hmm. obscure or interesting things from the Bible or church history. The reason why this one is on the list is because Jesus uses something, well, specifically, he uses spit yeah. to heal a guy. Yeah. And so that's what immediately pops out is that, first off, he uses something. Jesus, you know, can easily say, boom, you're healed. But first off, he uses something yeah. to heal him. But he uses saliva, like, yeah, there's all kinds of examples where he just speaks and and he and, right, someone's and, sick and, he's and he's just like the demon possessed woman or the demon possessed daughter of a woman, also the lepers. Right, he doesn't. There's all kinds of. He doesn't examples. use anything to right. heal them. He just says it. Yeah, so this is a little unusual. But here he uses a sort of vehicle to perform his miracle, mm -hmm. and on top of that, he uses spit and some mud. It's very odd. Like, did you ever do spit shakes? Ever heard of spit shakes where people like spit on their hands and like shake hands and like seal a deal? Oh yeah, <laughs> I've heard of spit I, shakes. I was thinking like a milkshake, oh, you know? Like no, that's disgusting. <laughs> no, like yeah, people spit yeah, on their hands and shake a spit hands. Spit handshake. That yeah. yeah, that makes it better. Sounds yeah. I've done know, that. Okay, well, okay, I've heard of that. Uh, but I've never heard of spit rubbed on eyes. Yeah. And just for the record, I've done that. Um, <laughs> okay. It, I, I've done that acting like you spit. You know, I didn't really spit, but you kind of go, you know, gotcha. and then don't really I gotcha. produce the saliva. <laughs> okay. You just kind of act thank, like Thank it. you for clarifying. I, I thought you might need to know that. So why do you think he used saliva, I guess? Uh, you know, there's a lot of different, I guess, theories on this. The one that I probably think is the most accurate was because this is something that the culture of that day uh, believed very strongly, I guess, that saliva had some medicinal purposes mm. to it already. I, yeah, I read that too. That's and, so cool. And, and so, you know, there were healing properties in it, uh, so to speak. And so when he spit, he was telling the people around him that he was intending to heal them. Gotcha. Okay. That, that That's one possible view. Okay. I see that, yeah. One other possible view is that Jesus was demonstrating God's original action of creation, how he formed us from the dirt of the ground mm. and the clay. And so... By spitting in the dirt and putting that on his eyes, it was almost like saying, you know, hey, I'm not just healing him, but remember, I created him too. And so some people think that was something that gotcha. he was doing. So I found that pretty interesting. That is interesting. Yeah, he's... Uh, he's he basically is um, showing his involvement in creation as well, that, you know, he was not only was he there when, when God created the earth, that he was a part of that process, but here he is now. You right. Know, I definitely think it is Jesus. I think he is definitely in this way of using dust or using dirt. He is saying, look, I created man from dirt, and now I'm still using dirt mm -hmm. to heal yeah. blind man. I think he's also using that as, in a symbolic way as well. Bottom yeah. line, though, is he can do what he wants. Yeah. He, he used mud because he wanted to use mud, and for whatever reason. Exactly. You know, we can We can speculate all day, but at the end of the day, he uses mud from spit. For whatever reason. At the very least, this is how I see it. Jesus can use everyday objects to do his work. Mm -hmm. He didn't have to. Again, he could have just said, you're healed. And boom, he could have been healed of his blindness and done. But in this story, he uses mud. He uses everyday objects to do his work. And the Bible refers to us. I mean, the first man came from dust. Mm -hmm. God can use even wretched human beings like us to do his work right. as well. He doesn't need us. I mean, would you agree with that? He doesn't need us to do his work. No. He no. can do, he could, he can, but he does. He he wants to use us. Right. 
So I, I can see that I picture that. as well, is that he doesn't, he doesn't need to use the mud, but he can use everyday objects to do his work, just like us. He can use us to do his work. Uh, you know what's interesting? That's not the only time he used spit, though. Oh, yeah? Yeah, there, there are two other instances okay. where Jesus used spit to heal people. Yeah. Uh, in Mark 7, Jesus put his fingers into the deaf man's ears. Okay. And after he like spit and, on his and fingers, and then and then he spit and touched the man's tongue. Well, okay. <laughs> and and the man, yeah, the man could not hear, nor could he talk. Oh. He was deaf and mute, and he healed him uh, by doing by doing that. Now, I was singing last Sunday morning. Okay. In the second service, now wait to see how you make this connection. And I saw somebody with their fingers in their ears while I was singing. I'm hoping. Oh, that's great. I'm hoping they were just th- saying it was maybe too loud. Okay. But I hope it wasn't that they thought it was awful. Gotcha. <laughs> Anyway, oh, we'll see. I don't think there was any healing that took place. In okay, that one, but, oh, yeah. but anyway, you can edit that out if you want. Certainly. Oh no, I'm leaving all uh, that in. <laughs> later, uh, in Mark eight, uh-huh. uh, in Bethsaida, Jesus healed a blind man again. This time, he spit on the man's eyes and put his hands on him. So no dirt was involved in this. Just one. spit on that. Just one. spit. And doesn't that one? It takes like a couple steps, and the guy is healed. Oh man, I think that's the one. That e- might be. E- if it's either whether it is or not, that's actually another yeah. entry on the list. Yeah, okay. There's a there's one miracle that seems to take like two or three steps until the guy is fully okay. healed, and I don't know which one it is. Yeah, that's uh, found in Mark eight, so I'm gotcha. not real well sure. One of those, uh, I believe, is a is a future episode, so that'd be interesting. Very cool. Okay, yeah, something else I want to add uh, to this. I think it's relevant relevant to what we're talking about. Jesus, when he healed with spit, as we already, as we already mentioned, that was something that was already culturally acceptable. Right, they believed spit could heal it, blindness yes, or something like that. That it had this medicinal value to it, or or whatever. And so when Jesus healed with the with by using spit, people were like, oh wow, that's that's pretty cool. But then when he they saw him heal without using spit, they were like, wow. Maybe Wait a minute. Maybe really, it's not the spit. <laughs> he's like the real deal. Kind yeah, of. yeah. Well, just two chapters later, this happens in John chapter 9. And John chapter 11 is the famous story of Lazarus. Yeah. I mean, he's yeah. he's dead. Didn't and, need spit you know, there. No spit there. Yeah. He just, he just, he doesn't even go in there and like yeah. get him out. He just says, Lazarus, you know, come out. Yeah. So, yeah, awesome. I could see that. They think, oh, he's just using spit like normal medicine. And then when he raises somebody from the dead or when he heals somebody without spit, they're like, oh, where's, where's the, where's the saliva in that one? Yeah. So he's yeah. the real Deal. So, so really, I mean, they're 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 looking at Jesus now as, as not just a doctor, but as the great physician, right? The great physician, yeah, yeah. So, exactly. Anyway, uh, another side note too is about the pools. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was reading something a little bit earlier today about how you know when Jesus healed the paralytic at the pool of Bethesda, right? Uh, I think that's like a John five or something. Yes, like that. I yeah. don't know if that's a future topic or not, but anyway, yeah, maybe uh, chances are. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Jesus heals the the paralytic at, at the pool of Bethesda. Uh, he doesn't. Have him get in the pool to wash himself. Yeah, right. right? He just says, get but up and in go. this in this story, he does. Yes. Okay. He sends him to the pool of Siloam or Siloam or however hey, we're going to go with that. Pronouncing words. That's uh, a thing. He has him wash his eyes in the pool. Okay. Now, why would he have him wash his eyes in this one pool, but the paralytic didn't need to wash in the other pool? Interesting. Okay. All right. The common belief is that the pool of Bethesda was a pagan pool, mm, okay. and this pool was a Jewish pool, the Jewish one true pool. God. So, yeah, wash in this pool because it's of God. 
You don't need to wash in the pool of Bethesda because it's a pagan pool. So Very interesting. interesting yeah. Thing. Just a little, yeah, interesting little side note. note. Something else I wanted to mention that's in this passage yes. is right when they notice that this guy is blind, mm -hmm. the disciples immediately ask this very interesting question. Uh, it was in verse 2. His mm -hmm. disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? The disciples immediately say, whose fault is it? Yeah. Why is he going through this hard time? And uh, Jesus' answer he gives a very profound answer. He actually says neither. He says neither this man nor his parents sinned. But this happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. Mm -hmm. I think that is such a uh, profound answer. So overall, what do you think we can learn from the story? Like, why do you think this story is even included in Scripture? Well, I think it says to us, um, again... You know, the point we made earlier about how Jesus spitting and making the mud or the clay, even as some translations mm -hmm. say, is, is kind of a, an object lesson, if you okay. will, of Jesus' involvement in creation. Yes. Now, those people during that time might not have got that when it was happening, but we read about it a couple thousand years later, mm -hmm. and we, I think, more easily see the connection right. because we have the, the written word and we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. So I think that's one reason it's included. Number two, it's it's Jesus can heal. He can do what he wants to do. And, you know, the same Jesus that healed the blind man there using whatever method he wanted to can heal anyone today using whatever method he wants to. And then finally, it doesn't matter whether you sin or whether you're perfect, you're going to have hard times in your life. Right. You just preached about it last Sunday night when you right. were talking about Jonah and he was running away from God and he had a storm and and the disciples are in the boat and, and they're doing exactly what Jesus told them to do and they still encountered a storm. Right. Another thing I think we can learn from this story is how the blind man is a good representation of all of us. Right. How we The Bible talks about non-Christians as being spiritually blind. Mm -hmm. And obviously as Christians, I would say our eyes have been opened to the right. love of God, to how how sinful we really are and how much grace God has really shown us. Like mm -hmm. there's a lot of eye-opening things. Right. And it's all because Jesus stepped into the picture right. that our eyes are opened and, and we see God's grace and we see God's love. Yes. So there's one last thing I want to point out about the story. And okay. it's it's at the end of John. Chapter. You're not you're not gonna ask me if I think it's okay to go around and should spit, we spit on people? And spit on <laughs> I'm just trying to heal you. Spit in the dirt and put it in people's eyes so they can spiritually exactly. see. <laughs> I'm That's... just trying to heal you. At the end, in this whole story, this whole story of the, the man getting his sight, it lasts a whole chapter. We mm -hmm. just read the first seven verses. Okay. The Pharisees yeah. really get really mad about this guy who's able to see now because Jesus is performing miracles. And it's this big like detective thing. They're trying to figure out who Jesus is. And they keep investigating this blind man who can now see. And I see nowadays people who are a lot like that. They are, they are mad that they still have questions about God. And until Jesus answers all of their questions, or until they understand God completely, then I'll believe in God. Mm -hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. it, It's once I know everything about God, then I'll believe in him. If there is a God, then why is there evil in the world? If there is a God, then why does the Bible supposedly contradict itself? They have all these questions that I think have very basic and simple answers. Mm -hmm. 
that they can be answered. I would say the Bible does not contradict itself. You might think it does, but it's very easily explained that it does not. And that's a whole other topic. And questions are great. And I encourage people to ask them. You just need to remember that you're asking about an infinite God. Uh, And we are not infinite. We are very limited beings. Uh, So while I believe that there are a lot of tough questions about God and evil and and Jesus, I believe they can be answered logically and clearly. There are times when I just have to say, I don't know. Yeah. And I know that's not satisfying to people who have all these tough questions. Mm-hmm. I just, I guess I don't want to act like I have all the answers. Yeah. Well, two things to remember. One, his ways are not our ways. Mm-hmm. We cannot understand everything that God is doing, no matter how hard we try. Number two, if we could know all of that and understand all that, it wouldn't require any faith. Right. Then, and, yeah. you know, sometimes we just have to look at the evidence that we do have. Right. And say, that's enough. I trust you, God, because I've seen you at work in all of these other circumstances. And so I'm trusting you not only with my life here but with my soul for all of eternity. Exactly. And leave it at that. And yeah, those, and it's okay to have questions. That's, right. You know, if, if God knows that your faith and your trust is in Him, it's okay to question some of these things. Right. Either way, those tough questions, they don't change the fact that Jesus existed. There's, I mean, there's historical yeah. evidence for that. He claimed to be God, died, and He was seen alive afterwards. There's irrefutable historical evidence for that. And anyone who looks into it will see that. So with all these tough questions that I might not know the answers to, Sometimes all I can say is the same thing the blind man said. This is the reason why I brought all this up. Okay. Because in verse 25, the, the blind man gives the beautiful answer. The Pharisees are just hounding him and saying, you know, who did this? We know Jesus is a sinner. And if the answer he gives is sometimes the answer that I think we just have to give sometimes, which is, I don't have all the answers, but what I do know is this, and this is what the blind man said, I was blind, but now I see. And that concludes this episode, entry number 16, entitled Muddy Eyes. We <laughs> thank That's you. That's a great title. We are ministers at East Columbus Christian Church in Columbus, Indiana, and we invite you to our services on Sunday morning at 8.30 if you enjoy traditional worship, 10.45 mm. if you prefer contemporary worship. There we worship. go. And our Sunday school? Smashed right in between the right two. Right in the middle. Yep. Yep. Uh, and there are children's church services during those times as well. We have Sunday evening service at 6 o'clock. And we also have care groups, which is our small group program. We do, yes. Yeah. Uh, so well, we care have lots stands, of those. Care stands for Come and Receive Encouragement. Wow, cool. Yeah. Are you excited about uh, yeah, that? We have lots of, yeah, we have yeah. lots of those. And there are youth and children's groups on Wednesday nights with a meal at 6 and a lesson at 6. 630. Uh, feel free to contact us at Missed in Sunday School. No caps, nothing. Missed in Sunday School at gmail.com. And as always, don't take our word for it. Take God's word for it. Catch you later. Later.